I was going to ask you guys too this question like when you look at the entire landscape of the of the league are there any other teams that you're like oh shit I'm glad that we cover the Flyers and not that team you know like the Coyotes Sabres, maybe the Coyotes yeah Sabres maybe like Seattle <laughs> at least Seattle has draft picks for the future yeah, there's a sh- yeah, there's a chance they've got that some hope. Drafts. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, Arizona and Buffalo. <laughs> That's bad. That's probably probably about it. Well, Buffalo wrecked them last time, so maybe Montreal. Montreal's in a shit in a shit show, but at least you know <laughs> what they just I had would... success. Six oh, I would ago. I would totally rather be Montreal because they have Jeff Gordon in place. That's totally, true. that guy is not going to sit on his ass. He is going to fucking take action, guaranteed. I yeah, I, I would I would totally rather be Montreal than the Flyers. I the Flyers are one of the they're one of the worst organizations I can think of in sports that I would want to be a part of. I just think they are that that destitute, that confused, and that misguided that. They are in a downward, downward tailspin until, like we mentioned, like, like until Dave Scott dies or something. They are going nowhere for years, and they keep making it worse and worse. Like, even, even the Sabres have, I mean, they got some young talent at least. They got bad ownership, but they got some young players and picks, and the Coyotes are probably a couple years ahead of the Flyers because they're at that asset collection stage. We're not even there yet. I mean, I mean, you could make a legitimate argument that the Flyers are the worst organization in hockey. See, and that's the thing that worries me about the blank check comment. What are they going to spend this money on? Like, I had somebody on Twitter. I had somebody on Twitter argue with me and said, well, I think you misinterpret. I'm assuming it's free agents. And I had somebody on Twitter go, I think you misinterpreted it. They're talking about a blank check for the analytics department and to get that better. And I'm like, so what? They're going to spend like 300 grand? Like, here's a blank check. Like, what's the most that you're going to spend on analytics? Half a million? A million? Like, and that's if you're blowing your brains out and you're buying like all kinds of personnel and people that you, that you count on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what are, like, how much money can you possibly spend on analytics? I can't imagine it's. An obscene amount. They're just part of your front no. office, right? They're not getting paid. No, these, yeah, these guys are getting paid probably 70, 80 grand. Yeah. Yeah. They're analysts, right? And then you got somebody director or somebody who's in charge of it. That guy's probably gonna get paid, you know, a couple hundred grand. But other than that, yeah. I mean, that's the blank check. Yeah, there's... I hear blank check. I'm hearing John Klingberg, Johnny Goodrow, like they all these other talk guys. About, like the analytics department and stuff, but it was different. 
I, I interpreted the blank check as players, whereas they're making actual contributions to the front office staff. But that is a you know a a, a as well category versus they're doing that with the blank check. Yeah, there's nothing to spend a blank check on. This isn't baseball. He's not George Steinbrenner. Mm-hmm. It's not Ed Snyder of of the '90s or something. Like, there's nothing to spend the money on. There's a hard salary cap. You can't do anything with the money. Every team is around the same level anyway, give or take a couple million. What are you possibly going to spend on that another team won't? Nothing. And it's ancillary if that. It's all of the shit at the Wells Fargo Center, like you said, an analytics department. They already have an analytics department. They already have like a five or six person one, from my understanding. Yes. There's nothing else to spend money on. It was a stupid comment by a stupid man. but uh, i think a lot's gonna happen i do think this is gonna be a pretty busy summer similar to last season with the the level of moves that happened but how they're gonna work around some of these contracts you know the 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 couturier and hayes and shit like that like the name right now the name has been thrown out as cadre and it's like fuck that is so unappealing man he's gonna be 32 you want to oh. sign this guy who's having a career year, but, like, beyond this year, I do think he'd be a good flyer. I do like his style of play, but, like, yeah. fuck, man. Do you want to sign a 32-year-old to, like, four- or five-year deal at six and a half to $7 million so you can have Hayes, Couturier, and Kadri all above 30 years old, all making seven-plus million dollars? Like, fuck! What a horrible idea that would be. I don't know what you're doing with those center depth. I have no idea. The free agent pool is shit. The trade options are probably fairly limited. You know, I don't know where you're going to find a top center, but until you get one, like, bringing in Kadri and rolling with Couturier, Kadri, and Hayes as your one, two, three is fucking absolutely pathetic. So, in terms of where you rank them, because I'm going to throw something out. So, everyone is on board with this Goudreau thing, and I'm not. It's because I'm not from the area. I'm not sentimental about, yay, Johnny Goudreau. Oh, I don't give a fuck about that I don't either. care, yeah. right? I see it all the time here in Toronto. Oh, the Toronto guy's coming home to win the Stanley. Okay, great. Who cares? Like, everybody's from Toronto. We don't care. Like, you want to play here? Great. If you don't, leave. But I'd imagine the Devils would be in on a Johnny Goudreau because they're going to have a Subban ton. coming off the books. Yeah, he's going to – Subban's going to be off the books. And they're going to want to make a splash for their fan base, too. Oh, yeah. And then a part of me is thinking, like, Goudreau's nice, but it still doesn't address the center, right? And that's really the core issue of, of this team. There's the right side D, but it's it's the center is a big issue. So where are, you, where are your rankings in terms of Kadri? Malkin is an intriguing name to me only for the fact that you can generate excitement amongst the fan base. I think his best years are obviously gone. Injuries are a serious concern. Yes, and that's not a good thing when you've got injury concerns already (laughs) at the center position. But if you want to sell tickets and you want to tell people, hey, hey, look at what we just did. We just got Evgeny Malkin. Now, would he leave Pittsburgh? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure that they'd want to re-sign him and end his career in Pittsburgh. He's going to have to take a pay cut, of course, to do that. What? Where do you rank Kadri, Hurdle, Malkin, 
and who is the other center I think we just mentioned? Was there another one? You said Goudreau the first time around, but he's not. Bergeron's not going anywhere. No. So, Hurdle, Malkin. Uh, Trocek. Trocek is the worst one out of them all. And Kadri. If I had yeah. to pick, I'd pick Malkin just because I'm pretty sure you could get him on a relatively short deal. Maybe two years, you know. Yeah. Even if you're paying him out the ass, he wouldn't be around the long term. I, 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 I'd be terrified of Kadri. I think between the age and the fact that he's having a career year, if he gets like a four to five year deal at you know six million, just fuck that shit. You know, there's no reason. And Trocheck would have been fine like five years ago, but I'm overly interested in him these days. Hurdle, I don't know. Hurdle just. <laughs> If you can get rid of Hayes and you want to bring Hurdle in, I'd be fine. But I don't think Hurdle yeah. an, at this point is enough. He's not enticing enough to warrant the money that you would have to spend on him to bring him in. You know, if you can get rid of Hayes or, or Couturier, fine. But at this point, I, I, Hurdle just doesn't. The, the the benefits don't seem to, you know, mask the cost that it would take to acquire him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by a pure skill standpoint, it's probably Malkin. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a tough pry out of Pittsburgh and the injuries would just be absolutely brutal. But the thing, the thing that's, that's the problem here is that the flyers for years have tried to take these middle six forwards and middle pair defensemen and force fit them into roles above their heads constantly. They have done that with so many players. They don't have first line players. They don't have top pair players. And they and they shoot these players up way above their heads and they fail. And that's why we get mediocrity and bad teams like we're getting the past couple seasons. It's exactly why. Yeah. And what they're going to do this summer is they're going to do the same thing. They're just going to swap out their middle six and middle pair D for new middle six and yep. middle pair yep. D. You're going to get rid of Kekki and, and replace them with yeah. Phil Forsberg. And make them play the, the same, same role yep. above their heads. And it's the same fucking result every year. So that's these exercises that we're trying to do are to figure out ways that they can turn these middle six players, middle pair players, into top level players. It is very rare that you're able to exchange players and do that. That formula doesn't really work anymore. It's very, very rare unless you get like a malcontent guy, like an Eichel in Buffalo that wants out and the, you know, the just really unusual circumstances. And, but when you're making these hockey trades, other GMs aren't going to do that because it's, it's so obvious what's going on. They're not going to trade the better talent player, like a first line player for two third line players. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So that's why these these scenarios. Maybe Peter Trelli may be going back to Chicago. Maybe they can get Patrick Kane for you know, <laughs> fucking Travis Sandheim or something. Well, that's what they'd have to do. You know, I mean, if they're going to stick with these shitty centers they have, the only way around it, which I've been screaming at for a year or two now, is to bring in a like a Patrick Kane, bring in a Gaudreau. Bring in uh, fucking Tarasenko. God, there was so, a thing on Twitter yeah. earlier this week that was like, do you want Forsberg or do you want Kajiro? And I'm like, you can bring me both of them, and I'm still not satisfied. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They need all the fucking help they can get. It's not good enough. No. Is there any chance that you could, like, like go to Hayes and just say, look, like, do you just want to go play for the Bruins? <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> do you want to just leave? Like, you clearly yeah. like. We're sorry that we got you into this mess. Can you like, like? We gave you the big contract, man, and like we get it. We're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry about this. But it, his contract does go to a, like a limited no trade, doesn't it? This summer, I think it's already summer, kicked or... in. Yeah, it, it was after it the expansion draft, whatever it was. So he would approve. I am pretty sure that Kevin Hayes would approve a trade to the Boston Bruins. And I think that there's especially a shot... after the whole, you know, Jimmy thing, I think yep. going their first family and whatnot. And the Bruins would probably take him in, you know, especially if they're still trying to compete, especially if the price is right. If the Flyers can figure out a way to retain salary or move something around where they're getting another player in like a young player, or they could probably make it work. And Hayes may help that team, you know, in the short term. So I, I would be trying to do that. It's one way to that, skin that, it, like that's guess. what needs to happen though. You need to get creative with the, the way you're going to lose money. And it has to be one of these centers. I just can't imagine you bring in Kadri and keep Hayes and Couturier around. It just doesn't make any, like that hockey one-on-one right there. You know, the, the biggest stupid idiot should be able to figure that out on their own. Fuck man. I, I don't know what you do with these centers, but <sighs> well, the, one thing that uh, that Dan, you and I think Anthony had mentioned on one of your shows recently, it was a really good point that Fletcher does not seem to like to burn money on free agency, acquires people mostly via trade, yeah. uh, which we've seen a lot, you know, with the Cam Atkinson deal. Um, even with Kevin Hayes, and they brought him Risto, and they traded Ellis, him. You know, Risto, basically Ellis, yeah. worth a shit has been via trade. So that's kind of the good news is that, well, if they do dip into free agency, it's probably going to be pretty limited because Fletcher doesn't uh, typically do that, which raises another question then is who are they going to trade for? And the Atkinson deal, I mean, that came out of left field. I did not see that coming no, at all. No, did I. I don't think anybody did. So that kind of brings me some hope that, well, maybe there are some other players. That it is a little too early yet to kind of see who kind of shakes out where, especially for even just the trade deadline, let alone the offseason, kind mm-hmm. of who's disgruntled, who's doing what, who's giving up what. But, mm-hmm. you know, I would assume Fletcher is, is – I mean, you almost have to find a center via trade. Like, this is just not the year to fucking go all in in the offseason and pluck mm-hmm. one of these stupid idiots out. Oh, God. Yeah, it's a shame because they want to like that one quote that Dave Scott had too at the press conference. Like it was like a fucking baby. He's like, he's like, I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, how fucking so ridiculous. What an idiot! Mm. I want it now. Who are you? What, what is this? Like your your team is is a train wreck. I would love to see Dave Scott in like a no salary cap hockey though. I think he'd be a lot of fun in that scenario. It'd be great. Yes. Absolutely, no question. He would just give but everybody the, fucking twelve million dollar contract. I don't give a shit. Yeah, he'd max out. He'd max out payroll. Like, they, he, that'd be great. Unfortunately, this sport is not like that anymore, and you have to adapt to it. Like, he never got the memo that the salary cap started in what to two thousand five. Yeah, sixty. Yeah, something like. like Things have changed, Dave. It's not like that anymore. That it's was just, the uh, one interesting takeaway I had from the San Felipe interview, other than the, the business people not giving a shit, was that the NHL is probably not thrilled that in a revenue-sharing league that one of your big fish like the Flyers are basically drawing no attendance right now. That the NHL is probably not too thrilled about that. So, hey, that's interesting. Maybe they're getting a little well, pressure put on them from the league to not fuck this up any further than it already is. 
Maybe they can throw. Maybe him, they'll uh, get a little help in the draft for this ball. year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although, yeah, it's obviously better next year because I was hearing some stuff. I think um, uh, Daily Faceoff did a really great um, midseason article on the draft, and they were going back and forth on. Um, I think what's his name, Logan Cooley and Shane Wright, flip flopping as the number one, number two picks, and. It kind of raised a little bit of doubt. Of like, I don't need this again. This feels like a horrible year to get a fucking first overall pick. It's like Nolan Patrick yeah. 2.0. <laughs> They're going to pick the wrong guy no matter which one it is. God. Shane Wright's the right guy. He's going to go number one. That's just it. Actually, I'm really happy. I'm going to go see him. Cool, I'm going to go ne- uh, the 16th. I told the wife, I was like, listen, there's a cap on attendance, and I'm going to go. So I'm going to cover That's awesome. Shane, Shane Wright and Zade Wisdom at the Mississauga Steelheads game. So I'm going to I'm going to go in person. Of course, I'll wear my Flyers jersey. So we'll Dude, that's uh, like awesome. I always do. So, so we'll represent. Brothers so here's Bob. something that. OK, I have a question for you on that, Manny. I'm so glad you are going to see him. That's awesome. Um, one thing that I pay attention for is like, was there any like his motor? Because the thing that I worry about is like. Nolan Patrick, were there signs that Nolan Patrick didn't want to do this for a living? And could you see those signs when he was in juniors? I don't know. I believe that was talked about in some of the prospect reports was his, yeah. his willingness to do this, you know, full time at a professional level. And, you know, did he have the, the attitude and the personality to do it? I think a lot of that has come out since, uh, since his draft year. Yeah. They, nobody questioned his skill. He was talented. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there, there was at least, I'd say probably two prospect people that said like, yeah, I don't know. He just gives a vibe and he just eh, kind of lackadaisical. He doesn't really care. And yeah, you definitely don't want to see that. You want to see, you know, youngsters really excited to get up and, and have their opportunity. And that's the one thing I'll say, like, I, I know that everybody's been down on, you know, Isaac Radcliffe. But it was good to see him, you know, come up and throw his weight around a little bit and actually get involved and do stuff. It was the first like, time I've ever seen him throw a check. But that's ever. what he needs to do. Like, he needs to realize that if he's going to stick around and be an NHL player, he's going to have to do those things. Because people are going to look at a six six guy and be wonder why hard. he's not doing that. No. Right? right? Like... <laughs> You just have to play like that. And I think that's that's where the Jerry Mayhew thing comes in. Like this is a this is an AHL journeyman who apparently had some really good years in the AHL. Former MVP. But, see, there you go. Like, but this is a guy that he's taking advantage of that opportunity. Like you can't Some people just rise to the occasion. You yep. know, if Ratcliffe wants to come up and start banging bodies, even though that's something he's never done ever, like great, more power to you. Mayhew wants to come up and capitalize on the opportunity, great. You know, some people like Nolan Patrick come under the pressure, but I think, you know, and that's probably priority number one for me through the end of the season is seeing all of these fucking hangover guys you still got, like Garmin Rubsov and fucking Matt Strom, like, just start calling these people up and let them play. And that way, if they're fucking worthless, they're worthless and you can move the fuck on from them in the offseason. Stop trying to make these Hextall picks work. God damn it. One thing I'd want to see, and you probably won't be able to get this from one game watching Shane Wright, but the thing that I look for with these like high-end talents these days is a willingness to lead. And that's probably something that you may not be able to get unless you're like interviewing him or seeing him play on a consistent basis, but not somebody that's a passenger 
on their junior team, somebody who wants to be the leader, who's the voice, the primary voice in the room, the voice on the ice, the general on the ice, the general on the bench. Like, that's the thing that I'm looking for with these players because that's something that Nolan Patrick, it's basically all of the opposite characteristics of a Nolan Patrick, someone who wants to be the guy. I'm the man, I'm the guy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring the team together. Those sort of attributes. Uh, because It's just like it's so frustrating that the Flyers couldn't see that or Hextall was too blinded from allegiances to Brandon or something else. But that's the thing that I'm looking for. And, you know, I mean, the Flyers, for all intents and purposes, they'll probably go on this stupid winning streak this spring. Instead of having like the, you know, a top three pick, they'll probably have like the 14th pick or something. So this conversation is for naught. <laughs> I was thinking about that press conference a little bit more. And one of the questions that I wish somebody had asked directly to Dave Scott, it's a just huge leading question, but why did you tell Chuck Flesher to fire AV the next day after the Tampa game? That would have been a really good question. <laughs> like it doesn't leave them. Like they can't, they can't escape their way out of that. <laughs> and it highlights that, Dave is the one that's making the calls like when he's supposed to not be doing that. What is, what is this guy's problem anyway? Like if you came out of retirement and owned the flyers and literally had no connection to hockey at all, why would you want to be the one that is making all these decisions? Like just, you just have no faith or trust in your hockey people. Like, if I were him, I wouldn't want to do that stuff. I would leave it to other people. If I'm in a foreign industry and was gifted an ownership role, I don't think I would do that. It just seems really weird to me. Oh, Dave Scott thinks that oh, that the core that. here that that he listed at the press conference is as good as any core in the league. I would bet that. Oh, no doubt. He thinks he's, oh, we've got Couturier. We're just Hayes, underperforming this year. Ellis and Farabee. What else would you ever want? It's the it's one of the top cores in the league. That's what he thinks. Yep. Maybe, anyway, we should go on, maybe we should go on to a happier topic. What is a happy topic, Flyers related these days, Manny? How about we look at? Are you guys going to watch the Olympics? The hockey in the Olympics? No, it's not at three a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to watch it either. But I am interested in all those former Flyers that made it. Have you seen some of these rosters? So for Canada. Corbin Knight is an Olympian. <laughs> Corbin. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know why, but I'm looking at China's team, and they have a defenseman named Jake Chelios. That doesn't really sound like he's a member of, you know, the People's Republic of China. But anyways, <laughs> never mind. Uh, Jake Germany. Chelios is still playing hockey? What? Why is he Germany. Only... Check out Germany. Noah's favorite team. Marcel Nobles is on the team. Nice. So he could win an Olympic medal. God. Shitty Flyers prospect wins an Olympic medal. God, those medals this year are worth like Jake a freaking Chelios piece of cardboard. is Chris's son. Yeah. How is he playing for China? American-born Chinese professional ice hockey defenseman. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold on. Let me do some digging here. What the fuck? How? Why? He was a Red Wing for a while. I remember that. He was a Hurricane. I remember that. Well, that was Nikos Celios, no? No, that's a different that's guy the... entirely. Okay, okay. 
uh, why did he like gain citizenship or something? What is happening? Had had to, and these things happen all the time in international sports, especially with the Olympics, because uh, I've heard some stories, but. They also have a defenseman for China named Denis Osipov. So he sounds Russian. But those border areas between Russia and China, you could probably get some overlap in terms of the language and last names and stuff. Ryan Sproul, they're trying to buy a medal. Yeah, I don't know how they can populate their roster like that. So we got, while Dan's doing his digging, the U.S. has Pat Nagel. From oh. the uh, the Phantoms, Phantoms goalie, Pat Nagel. Yeah, yeah we've got uh, Noah Cates, Flyers Ooh. prospect. Uh, was anybody on the Andy Czechs? Miley is on there, I believe. Kretschy's playing for the Czech Czechia. Sorry, I want to pronounce their country now properly. All the Czech fans out there. Czechia, okay. Czechia. Uh, Denmark has. Uh, the the big bad Oliver Lauritsen is uh, an Olympian. Oh my god! Big bad Oliver Lauritsen. We've got. We do not set, talk shit on Oliver Lauritsen in this house, Manny. The great Dane <laughs> lives on forever. I'll go put his jersey on. <laughs> oh good god! Well, he's great one Dane. of seven Americans playing for China at the Beijing Games. Part of the team made up mostly of foreign players who will be counted on to keep the host country from being blown out in its own building. <laughs> That's why they have it, or is that like just a, like a like a quit by the author? This is just by the author, but he's moved to Beijing in 2019 to play for the China-owned Kowloon Red Star in the KHL. Ah, Red Star. So he he was on their KHL team, and they said, "Hey, take your papers, and you can be an Olympian. <laughs> Get over here. Why would Here's you, the money. What is the point of playing if you?" What is the point of playing for China? Like, it's just, like, it's not the, I don't know. Like, you're supposed to play for your country, aren't you? Isn't that the point of the Olympics? Of the 25 players on China's men's hockey roster, 18 were born in or grew up in North America. And one is Russian. Have no Chinese ancestry or connection to the country before playing for Kloon Red Star. So I guess they're playing in China. They're, they don't even have citizenship, I guess. See, but shouldn't you have to Okay, be here we citizen? go. The IIHF rules allow players to represent a country if they've spent at least two years living there and are playing for the national team. Okay, yeah, that's a cop-out because they don't have enough enough actual hockey players. Yeah, they don't have actually actual countries. hockey players to fill a roster. Yeah, sounds that's like they pretty, made that rule up. That's pretty pathetic, actually. Well, I'm a, I remember Peter Nedved, who's Czech. Sorry, he's from Czechia. Czechia. Um, and then he became, <laughs> then he played for Canada. And then he went and played for Czech Republic again, or Czechia again. So it was kind of weird that he bounced back and forth. Yeah, that is weird. Huh. F- Finland has Valtteri Filpola. I cannot oh, yeah. believe that guy is still playing. He was the slowest motherfucker I've ever seen. It's been like five years now since he was on the Flyers. Fuck, Finland's got a decent team. Miko Lettinen, Sammy Vatanen, Leo Komarov. Wow. Marcus Granlund. So, so they at least got a couple of uh, of, of players. 
Chelios and Canadian forward Brandon Yip say they were relied uh, relied on management teams to figure out the paperwork and logistics. They said they were never asked to <laughs> they were never asked to renounce their U.S. citizenship. He signed a two-year deal in the KHL and jumped at the opportunity to play for China when the idea was presented. Slovakia has Matej Tomic. Oh yeah, yes. remember that guy? That yeah, uh, no. goalie. Yeah. Good Matej. Lord. good old Matej. What a sweet boy he was. <laughs> and I think here's here's the, here's the uh, the favorites uh, for Flyers fans. Sweden has Eric Gustafsson, the, the original real one or the Eric, original, the original. Oh. I think it's, it's the original and yeah. Christian Folen. Oh Jesus! So there you go. Are we cheering for the Swedes to uh, to win or what? I'm cheering for Eric Gustafsson. <laughs> I want I want the real Eric Gustafson to win a gold medal and like throw it at the fake Eric Gustafson, faux Eric Gustafson. I bet that U.S. television doesn't even have most of those games available, no matter what time. Like they might have like a couple of the U.S. games, but that's it. Like there were like I, I bet you'd have to find them through like some NBC app or something here. They're probably streaming. Yeah. So speaking of other countries, uh, did you guys see where the Travi are spending their uh, their week off in? I've seen pictures of them. I don't know where they are, though. I think they're in Cancun. <clears throat> Shocking. I think uh, they had some, some A well-deserved break after a very hard-played season. Yeah, yeah they're, uh, they're hanging out in the pool, uh, eating chicken fingers and french fries, yeah. and drinking uh, Coronas. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> did you see any of that, Manny? I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. I saw the, I saw the Konechny one, and then earlier today I saw the Sandheim one came out know, today. Yeah, yeah, the Sandheim one. I took a screenshot of of the Sandheim one. It just looks so pathetic. Like that guy is an NHL player. Like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. He he does not look very strong in the picture. Like, if you are a twenty five or twenty six year old NHL player. You are six foot four. Some definition to your body, maybe. <laughs> you should be cut like fucking stone. Like, you are paid to work out all year and play hockey. That's what you do. And you look like that. Like, I don't know. I have not seen a whole lot of other NHL players, like, with their shirts off. You ever see Ristolainen? But... Holy fucking shit. He looks like a Herculean yeah. god. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He is jacked. And you can tell. And. That's why, like, this is kind of an amateur opinion, but, like, no wonder Travis Sandheim sucks in physical battles. See, because yes! he's so fucking he's weak. built like a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> he doesn't look like he's working out at all. No. <laughs> God, fucking Carter Hart has abs coming out of his abs, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Ristolainen is jacked. Sandheim looks like he's 15. Mm-hmm. Uh. You get pushed around. I mean. It's, like, it's not a secret when you see shit like that. <laughs> gym, dude. Hey, if they had a 13-game win streak, they can go to fucking Cancun and fuck whores all they want. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. When you lose 13 games in a row, I'm not overly interested in seeing your vacation pictures. <laughs> yeah, it's a little it is a little weird. Like, yeah, I don't I don't care if they're drinking beers or eating french fries, it doesn't bother me, but the fact that they that specifically Travis Sandheim looks so ridiculous weak. yeah it's like that's something that stuck out to me like that pissed me off it's like dude you need to hit the fucking gym like that's why you can't win board battles yeah. <laughs> it was, he, he exposed himself 
He totally exposed himself with his shirt off, looking like a like an eleven year old. Yeah. <laughs> yep. If you like, hey, if you're on a thirteen game winning streak, and you know the Flyers are like you know second in the Metro or whatever, you know what? Go down to Cancun, have a highball in one hand and a hey nanu nanu in the other, and that's it. Just go to town. Yeah, but a, a part of it is also like if it was uh, Cam Atkinson on vacation with his kid, it'd be like, oh, that's adorable. But it's like these two fuckwits, and fucking everybody hates. That's actually a very good point. If it was Cam Atkinson or Carter Hart, I don't think anybody would say anything bad at all. I think everybody would say, you know what, good on them. Because they're working hard and they're fun and they care and they're nice. They're good hockey players. These two yeah, fucking idiots. Yeah, they're in good shape. That's the thing. It's like that. <laughs> like, I got to be in good shape. I mean, you're paid. Dude, if I was a fucking athlete, all I had to do was like work out for like I paid five million dollars a year just to fucking yeah. go to the gym all day. I'm like, yeah. oh my god! Like, I would just, I would take it a little more friends. seriously. <laughs> yeah, you can do it with your friends and your teammates and stuff. You don't have to do it alone all the time. Like, you've got a gigantic, god, would... gigantic, gigantic weight room in the fucking Wells Fargo Center and in their training facilities. Mm-hmm. The videos of that place are incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> You're not even going to, you know, L.A. Fitness down the street with some gym membership with some crusty old man there. You have a team <laughs> private fucking... Oh, God. Whatever. It, 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 it kind of makes you wonder, though. It Like, I read something about Travis Konechny was a player that management kind of talked to last year and said, listen, we could we have believe in you, you, but we believe in you and we want you to do better. And there was all that stuff from before during COVID about uh, some of the Canadian players, you know, didn't really work out. And you see a picture of him at the pool with, you know, chicken fingers and Coronas. <laughs> and listen, it's a vacation. I'm I'm totally just spitballing here. I don't know anything. But like, I don't know. I think that that's a guy that might be on that trade block. I just don't know I would what think you so. can I, would I don't know what you can get gone. for him, though. Always oh, values at an all-time fucking low. You should have sold high on him two years ago. But I would assume he is one of the pieces that does not come back next season. Uh-huh. There's no way. First of all, if they do, like, I'm out. I won't fucking have to do with the Travis Connecting ever again. But, like, I don't know what they're going to get for him because he's as worthless as you can potentially be given his contract with three years left at 5.5 or something like that. That's brutal shit, man. Nobody's going to want that deal. But I would assume he's one of the guys that, that does not return next year. The cap situation is as good as you could possibly get. Deadline cap space, $35 million. For who? The Rangers. How do they have $35 million? They have $7 they have, million in cap right now. They have all these ELCs. They've got a shit ton of guys on ELCs. Shit. They've yeah. all, they're basically only playing, paying Panarin, Kreider, and Zeminijad at forward. Yeah. And they've got Shrub on the blue line. That's it. And Shesterkin's 5.6. But other than that, they they do not have a lot of money invested in that team right now. Wow. Million in so the Rangers could basically go around the league. Get whoever yeah, they like, want. Like they were the cock of the walk at a Czech orgy. And just go around and just <laughs> hammer away and get everything that they want. Um, oh boy. Gritty's secret agent did not go with him to Vegas, so he's out of control. He just challenged a Sharks fan to a fight, stole the guy's hat, and then twerked on the glass. Didn't we just spend an hour ranting about how stupid Gritty is? (laughs) He's immediately... Throw him in jail for the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) What happens in Vegas? Oh, God. 
It's like, Gritty, Gritty needs to be caught at the bunny ranch with like, like <laughs> coke and Gritty gets an escort. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ask you guys this question. So the blank check has been issued. Chuck can do whatever he wants in free agency. We know who they're going to try to get. But who do they actually get? I have no idea. I don't have the sweetest clue who they like would be targeting. What's, what's, the, what's the nightmare scenario? Like, what are the two players that they get that you sit there and you go, oh, my God, I can't believe they just blew that money and did that? <laughs> They're going to sign Sean Kateri for a second time? <laughs> They're going to up his salary. Hey, can we... <laughs> Hey, hey, can we get out of this and pay you more? I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> All positions. You I mean, I think they're going to throw a disgusting amount of money at Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. I think they're going to give him like $10 million or something because they're so desperate. I think that's the one thing that they're going to get killed on. In free agency, that is. 2022 free agents. I don't know if they're going to go $10 million, but I would not be surprised if he gets 7 or 8 Yeah. Uh, let's, why is this taking so long to load? There we go. Who's a disappointing player? Fucking PK Subban or something like that. <laughs> that, that was that was where I was going. Subban. I think he's gonna be a flyer next year. Kling, Klingberg's gonna be super expensive. Risto will sign elsewhere because they traded him. They've kept Braun. Oh, that's brutal. So they're gonna sit there and go, well, we can get PK for five, five million. He's he's got something to prove. He's always injured. He's going to take a significant pay cut from his $9 million oh, right yeah. now. He may be in the 2 or $3 million range next year. We'll give him two years, three years. They, they might even, who knows what they're going to do. But I have a feeling. A Victor Rask? Will... That'd be a disappointing one. A cheap center that they can get for nobody. That would be so bad, yeah. <laughs> Victor Rask sells season tickets. <laughs> Victor Rask equals butts in seats. Oh, yeah. I can't help myself. Yeah. Good God. <laughs> uh, let's see here. But, yeah, I mean, Dan, you're right. Like, who the fuck is going to want to sign here at all? Like, there's going to be other options. What is attractive about the Flyers? Yeah, like, unless you're giving Goudreau, like, three million more than any other team. The only team. thing that's attractive is money. And it sounds mm-hmm. like they're not afraid to do it, but then you look at the cap situation, okay, where the fuck are you going to get enough money to sign multiple big pieces from? Yeah. I you mean, have to clear out multiple players on your roster, and that does give me slight hope that, you know, they. I think that you could sell Sanheim for, like, a first-round pick in next year's draft or something. And it's like, yep. you can sell some of these pieces for draft assets, and you don't have to rebuild, quote unquote, but you can stock up the cupboard a little bit heading into the next two years of drafts and try and make a little bit of noise and kind of refill the pipeline quietly under Dave Scott's stupid nose, you know, without pulling a full rebuild. But man, it's just. Here's this a question. Free agent pool is so goddamn sad. There's a lot of like depth people on here that I wouldn't mind, but nothing that that fills the need of star power, which is the one thing the yeah. Flyers are lacking. It's it's just all depth or like second tier players, yeah. Which is what they <laughs> the already top have. available yeah. guys are second tier players and a bunch of depth app stories. Right, right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, it's fucking useless, absolutely useless. So here's a question for you guys: 
is there a team the Flyers can trade with to get an unprotected first round pick in 23 that has a chance of being a top level pick? I think Boston or Nashville would be the two options that are playoff teams this year that may not be playoff teams next year. Uh-huh. I think that's probably your best bet for something like that. Maybe St. Louis. St. Louis be one, but I, I still think they got another couple of years before they completely collapse. But uh, I think that would probably your best option. Maybe somebody like Pittsburgh, but nah, Hextall won't do anything with that. No, they're hoarding picks. Uh, you know, Panthers aren't going anywhere. Tampa's not going anywhere. Hurricanes aren't going anywhere. Rangers on the up and up. Maybe somebody like the Islanders. If you can squeeze something out of them if they get close to a playoff spot, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like your ideas with Boston and Nashville. Boston and Nashville are the two teams that come to my mind in terms of good teams this year that may not be good mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah, especially if Forsberg doesn't sign there. Like, then there's they, – they just take a hit, right? I was surprised how many people really want Philip Forsberg and did not want Johnny Gaudreau. I think half of it is people see the last name Forsberg and they just <laughs> They're say, yeah, confused. Yeah, idiots. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. What about you guys? I I kind of if I had my druthers, I mean, just in a vacuum, I I don't know. I, I think Forsberg is the better overall player, but his offensive dips over the last few years scare the hell out of me. I think at least Gaudreau is a guy that's going to be good for seventy points a year at least. Yeah, he's got pop in the, his the offensive ceiling like. is so much higher than Forsberg. I think people think Philip Forsberg and they think thirty goal rookie phenomenon from all those years ago. But like, man, he was twelve goals last year. A goal. T- I mean, he's up a little bit this year. The, the Predators are kind of overperforming this year, but his numbers just—they don't do it for me. They don't. My junk doesn't wiggle even a little bit thinking about Philip Forsberg right now. See, and that's and the thing with Goudreau is, yes, he has the high end skill, but again, he's a smaller guy, mm-hmm. so I think the regular season success will be there, and then you're going to get into the first round of the playoffs, and then that's kind of been a knock against Johnny Goudreau's. No, the Flyers don't have any fucking playoff guys in their roster anyway. And Giroux, I mean, he's kind of is kind of similar to a Giroux player, undersized, performs regular season. Tends to get locked up in the playoffs when he's playing bigger, tougher, tighter competition. But yeah, I mean, one guy like that is not going to solve this quandary. I want Just... both of them and a top line center, and then you have a real top yeah. line, and then you can fucking start getting some work done here. Yeah, and like that's Leon Draisaitl flanked by Philip Forsberg and Johnny Gaudreau. Done. Sold. Give it to yeah, me. That's a top line I would pay for. I would go to a Flyers game yeah. next year if you can make that happen. How about that? Same I'll buy, I'll I, buy season I tickets. I will put $10,000 on season tickets <laughs> if you can fucking make that happen. I go to more than one. Yeah, it's that's that's the level here. It's like they can't do that. There is no way they can create a line like that or acquire – a multitude of players like that at all. It is impossible. No, it's impossible. (laughs) It is impossible. (laughs) Even like Forsberg and Gaudreau, you get them both and what, put them with Sean Couturier, you know, like, does that do anything for anybody? Like, I just don't understand. You've got no dynamic. I I will never understand why so many people love Sean Couturier. That is the one 
<sighs> Second. I, I always hear people criticize Giroud for not having any awards. Oh, he doesn't have a heart show. He doesn't have this or that. And I'm always like, what does that matter? But then Sean Couturier has his fucking Selkie trophy, and people live and die on that fucking hill. You know, he's got a Selkie trophy. He's as good as Patrice Bergeron, Daniel. You know how many times I hear that in a week? A lot. Like, and like when you look at the trophies too, like the Selkie is one of those trophies where I'm not really paying to see like a Selkie trophy winner every night. No. Like, I don't care about him playing defense. And honestly, I don't even think Sean Couturier plays amazing defense anymore anyway. I think he, he did when one he was younger. Really, he, he was great when he was that third liner uh-huh. back in the day in like 2012. And then he hit his one breakout year. Uh, the first year was that 1718 when he was with Giroud for the first time. Like that was the one year that he was elite and then he's been coasting on that reputation ever since. You know what would really drive people nuts? Is if, uh, if, um, Brian Elliott wins the Jennings Award for like for like the best goalie tandem in Tampa Bay. Like, oh my God, he's the Jennings Award winner, man! Yeah. The Flyers just let him go for like nothing, free agency, bad asset management, terrible. Chuck should be fired for that. Like, he won the Jennings, man. I'd love to see that. He is number one down there, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? He's the like, anchor of that lightning uh, yeah. goaltending tool. <laughs> but, like, even with even with Coots, in my opinion, I mean, I'm, I've been pretty harsh on Coots over the past, but only over the past, especially after last year and this year, I've, I've become much harsher on him, and the contract really kicked me into high gear on it. It's like Sean Couturier does not play good enough defense. For that to be like, oh well, he's gonna he's gonna eliminate at least a goal a game. Like he's not, no, he's not doing that. He at best he plays average to above average defense. Now he's a smart hockey player. He knows what he's doing out there, but he's very very slow. Doesn't create offense, and he has stone hands. I like. I I <laughs> posed the question a couple times on Twitter. Like, can anybody tell that Sean Couturier isn't even in the lineup anymore? And I have people that go, yes, I can. They're so bad now. And I'm like, because they've been just fucking great when he was in the lineup over the last two years, right? Like, <laughs> he was just as big of a part of the 10 game It doesn't make a fucking earlier. lick of difference that yeah. he's in the lineup or not. You can't tell. He was, uh, he was on all the 9 nothing blowouts last yeah. year. Like, he, he was a part of all of that. Responsible like, for the collapse at the beginning of this year, all the last season. Like, oh my God. I just he's I don't a nice it, he's a nice middle six center to have on a team that has a driving and good first line. I would That's still it. love him as a third line shutdown guy. Yeah, I'd have no problem. No, with now that. that you're paying him seven million dollars, almost eight million dollars. Quite frankly, you fucking you can't you can't just throw him on the third line to the end of time because it's a horrible misuse of funds. Now you got to ride and die with him on the top line mm-hmm. and ruin the rest of his career over playing him so goddamn hard. Yeah, you're going to play him too much. He's not Sean Couturier is not capable of going up against the top line centers in this league anymore. No. He's just not. He's going to be 30 next year. This year, I guess. No, it's 2022. What, December? This time next year will be 30 years old. And he's signed till 2030. Just that's it's it's inconceivable that you signed a guy who just turned thirty, who's already showing signs of decline, who's not overly fast or skilled to begin with, for a seven point seven million dollar contract until twenty thirty. Like, if there's one reason to fire Chuck Fletcher, it's that fucking contract alone. See, I don't know. Like, I'm 
I get he is not a 1C anymore. He just isn't. I think he's going to be fine as a 2C for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But if we're getting this Sean Couturier that we got right now, we're in big trouble. Like, like we better hope Kings that he's ransom. really, really badly hurt. And that he's been apparently it's an upper injury. body injury. It wasn't even a lower body injury. He's just that slow naturally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's got to be a rib, the rib thing or whatever. But, but like that's the thing is you need to get a one C, and Kadri just doesn't do that. You're no gonna way. blow your brains out and get Nazem Kadri on his absolute highest peak season right now. You should have got Nazem Kadri when he was traded to Colorado years ago. That's when I wanted the Flyers to get him. Yes. And yes. they didn't. Because why are we going to address the 3C? He would have been an amazing 3C on this team. With room to grow, obviously, depending on what the Kevin Hayes thing. And think about what would have happened. You wouldn't have had to go out and get Kevin Hayes. You could have gotten some other pieces, right? It, it, it's just the way that it falls. This this team just makes really rash poor decisions they choose to go after certain guys and then they ignore other players yes! completely, like jack oh, Eichel. so well put yeah like jack he, eichel like and it's... sam reinhardt you could have had them fucking both jack eichel sam reinhardt patrick line ryan o'reilly yeah. uh like you go through time uh, i'm gonna be Mark horrified Stone. if you pull up an actual list of free agents and trades over the last few yeah. years like yeah even like the mark stones the um um, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, he was Line I, but still, you're getting like there, there's been some move, and the Flyers have they haven't even been in the conversation except for Tarasenko. maybe Line. Yeah, they missed on that too. They wanted Petrangelo, and Petrangelo told him to fuck off essentially. Same with John Tavares. Yep, oh, and, and that's Tavares and that's didn't gonna even give him the light of day, mm-hmm. didn't even sit down with Hextall. it's just like there have been some opportunities they are rare but there are sometimes opportunities out there to acquire the top level talent that we've been talking about for for weeks for years now and the flyers were either not even in the conversation on any of them or came up woefully short in like a line a deal because they wouldn't include a travis connecty or they pulled so, out of the O'Reilly deal because they didn't want to give up whoever. You know, I think it was Myers or Sandheim. Was it was Sandheim. Fuck, Sandheim. man. <sighs> and it's like they're choosing so poorly and so wrong. The missing, missing. You played so conservatively time. for years, and now your solution is overpay a bunch of guys that aren't worth it anymore. And it's like, isn't this how we got into this whole fucking mess in the first place ten years ago? With bringing in McDonald and Pavel Kubina and players like that. You know, yeah. you tried to band-aid this shit. And you ended up so fucked beyond belief that you had no choice but to bring in a Ron Hextall, a snake oil salesman, to sell you a rebuild. <laughs> and now you're doing the same fucking thing. You're just like, oh shit, we should have capitalized three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. We gotta try and save this fucking ship. Let's bring in Nazim Kadri at 32 years old for $7 million. To partner with fucking Sean Couture and Kevin Hayes. How, oh, how different... How we know injuries played a a part in this season, but we also know that the Flyers aren't as good as we thought that they were going to be. What if, if you had a time machine, and you went back in time and instead of going cheap and getting Ryan Ellis, 
They just put the nine million and said Dougie. Dougie. Yep. And he plays with Provorov, and even though you would still have a Couturier injury and a Hayes injury, how I was much the time? Hell, I would have taken Seth Jones at this point. I think it. I think it makes a big difference because it gives you a lot more confidence that you have a legitimate top pair for the long term that in all likelihood would be very effective. And that kind of changes the dynamic of the team because it eliminates a huge hole and question mark that the Flyers have with the Ellis injuries. And Ellis is not as good as Hamilton anyway when they're healthy. So uh, I think it changes that. I don't know where that gets you, though, as the next step. And I, I think that's where you're taking this, right, Manny? Yeah, like my point is, like, let's say you had Hamilton instead of Ellis. Uh-huh. At least you would sit there and go, Carter Hart would be even better statistically mm-hmm. because he'd have a better defense in front of him. So he would actually keep them in more games and would probably have more wins as a result. It would, help, it, it would really fix the defense because part of the yes. problem with Ellis missing is Justin Braun is over his head, right? Uh-huh. And then you got Yandel who's flailing down there because it doesn't have Justin Braun who's playing really well with Yandel early on. So yes, it would help settle everything out. And you'll, you right. still can't score goals, though. That's the only thing. No. You would you're still missing that guy. But I mean, hell, even I'm sure Hamilton has some offense in New Jersey right now. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, he's he's a, he's great at offense. I, mean, I don't know what his stats are now. Hamilton. He is and he's a... on the power play. So he oh. would help the power play would be improved. So you'd be in more games and you'd be more competitive. Seven mm-hmm. goals and twenty points with seven power play points. And that's pretty low for him. It's not incredible, but it's better than Ryan Ellis, who's missed the whole season. Yeah. With the benefit of hindsight, I was all in on Hamilton and or Seth Jones in the beginning. I would have mm-hmm. rather done that. And tell this thing, you know, I don't think it was expecting to be this bad, but I mean, the injuries weren't a fucking secret going in. And there's probably a reason why Nashville sold him for literally fucking nothing to Nashville get out of the contract. Wait, because I know the I know. injuries were piling up. You know, you fucking Phil Myers, who's got rocked by Connor Garland, which I still <laughs> I saw fucking that was incredibly funny. And then I mean, flip Nolan he Patrick did kind of blindside him, but still, it didn't look Still, a guy who's half your size yeah, came yeah. in and rocked your shit. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, like keeping in mind that the Sanheim-Risto pair has worked for the most part this year. It's, it's, been, their, it's been their best pair. Yeah. If you had Hamilton with Provorov. Yeah. So yeah they're, that's they're, a, a decent top four right there. That's mm-hmm. 27 minutes a night that you don't have to worry yeah, you're good. Like Provorov will be much better with a Hamilton. Yeah. He's he, he's had nothing as a, as a partner. Braun, who's who did yeoman's work doing what <laughs> right. he did. Yeah, but but like seriously, he's not a top pairing right D. No, he, like no. He, he, he's, no. he never has been. And we threw him in there. He never has. Been. He had to. He's at a point in his career where he should be. And like we had this conversation last offseason and the consensus was that. He is a great 6-7. He can spot start at the right times. Maybe fill in on the bottom pair as needed occasionally. If he needs to spot start maybe a little higher up, like one game every now and then, fine. But certainly not what they've he done. He can't this play 27 year. minutes every night for no. two years. And, uh, 
And that's, I have nothing but respect for Braun. I think that guy's busted his ass. And yeah, I got no problem. Doing with absolutely everything he can, given what it is. But it's like, man, what the fuck? I mean, he, no way he's happy about that either, right? He's got to be like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> like, if, if Risto goes and gets oh. traded, I can see them signing him. And, and at this point, he's making, what, 1.8? Yeah. I wouldn't even mind if they gave him, like, 2.3. And said, you know what? You did everything that we asked of you and more. You can come back. And I'd even give him two years. I'd say, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back. But I would also not be surprised if he doesn't want to come back. He's been one of the more outspoken people about the shitty turmoil and, you know, the state of the team and whatnot. Yeah. He's late in his career, probably looking for a cup. Like, I would not be surprised if he wants out of the deadline and does not come back in the summer. But I wouldn't mind it. I mean, he's nothing but great. I have nothing but nice things to say about Justin Braun and what he does. But... I don't know. Th- that right side of their defense is going to be a real interesting thing this summer because well, you can't count on Ellis. Even if Ristolainen comes back, like you can't give this guy heavier minutes. Like He's doing just fine in this role right now. He can't do anything more. And you have Braun, who is very good, but is going to be, what, 35, 36 next year? Like, you can't keep rolling him in heavy minutes, so you got to do something. You know, whether it's Klingberg or... or, or I, I, I wouldn't mind Josh Manson at this point, but what the fuck? You know, what do you do with that guy? You know, you almost got to go for a trade. And again, I have no idea what the trade market looks like, but mm-hmm. you got to find a real legitimate answer on that blue line somehow. And that right side is going to be a big question mark. If, if, then if, you know, Ristolainen doesn't come back, then you cannot rely on Ellis and you don't have Ristolainen. Then what do you do? You know, it's going to be uh, <laughs> going to be rough. P.K. Subban. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 